Uh, well, before I was ordained, I worked for some big organizations. And uh, from time to time, I'd get emails from my bosses uh, telling me to do things. And they'd have a certain uh, ring to them. Something like, Ben, do this, uh, buy a close of business, thanks. Uh, you ever get emails like that? I know maybe if you work at Mentor and Grammar, you could get them from Mel. That, that ring to them is a request or a command that is based on the authority of power. And, uh, you know, that's okay. My boss was my boss. Um, you know, we have different responsibilities in the organization. Uh, it's a hierarchical organization. Uh, he had a leadership role. You know, he had to exercise authority over me and these other subordinates to coordinate our work so the job would get done. That's the way authority works, at least in the world. Uh, at St. Augustine's, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at this little letter to Philemon, um, the, the shortest letter of Paul, nestled away in the back of, their, of your New Testament. And this letter to Philemon, it's also a letter written by a man in authority, the Apostle Paul, uh, to another man who is his subordinate in the church, uh, Philemon, uh, the guy who hosts the church in the city of Colossae. And it's a request, or if you will, a command, uh, that Philemon reconciles with his runaway slave, Onesimus. Uh, and as we've been looking at over the last few weeks, quite miraculously, this Onesimus has run away from his master, uh, gone to the other side of the Roman Empire, and met his master's old friend, the Apostle Paul, and miraculously, he's become a Christian. And so Paul's writing this letter to give to this runaway slave, Onesimus, to take back to his former master, Philemon, uh, with a command, a request that they reconcile. And in a sense, it could have been it could read very differently from the way that it does. You know, it could read something like, to Philemon, from Paul, Onesimus, by the grace of God, your former slave, found me in Rome and has become a Christian, and as Christ's apostle, I command that you reconcile with him and set him free and then send him back to me to help me in my work, and know that I have also commanded uh, Onesimus uh, to forgive and reconcile with you. Thank you very much. And, and of course, in a sense, a letter like that from Paul to Philemon would have been fine. But that's not the letter that Paul wrote. And it's not the letter that the ancient church preserved for us so that it's now in our Bibles. Because the love of Christ refreshes the heart. And it refreshes our use of authority. Uh, three weeks ago, we looked at this letter through the lens of the man of Onesimus, and we saw how Christ's love refreshes our identity. And then two weeks ago, we looked at it through the lens of Philemon, and we saw how Christ's love refreshes our relationships. Uh, today, we look at the letter through the lens of Paul, and we're going to be reminded that the love of Christ also refreshes our use of authority. 
So unlike Omnissimus and unlike Philemon, uh, Paul needs little introduction to us Christians. He is, of course, St. Paul or the Apostle Paul, uh, the great missionary and theologian of the early church. Uh, And of course, he wrote much of the New Testament, including this letter to Philemon. And it could well be argued that, that Paul was the greatest leader in the Christian church ever, with the exception, of course, of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But in writing this little letter and the situation that's occasioned it, uh, Paul faces a pretty tough leadership challenge. Uh, As we've been talking about in the previous weeks, remember that two crimes have been committed, which are both punishable severely under Roman law. Uh, First of all, Omnissimus, who was once Philemon's slave, has run away. That's a crime punishable by death. Uh, He's also stolen money from his master, another crime. And indeed, Paul himself has been harboring this runaway slave as a fugitive, another crime that is severely punishable under Roman law. Uh, But on top of all that, as again, we've been talking about in the previous sermons, there's the social, the social, sorry, uh, situation in, in the honor-shame culture of the Roman Empire. Uh, Philemon is a wealthy Roman citizen who owns land and has, has a large household. And for him, as a man of honor in society, to reconcile with Omnissimus, a lowly slave who's stolen from him, run away and, and dishonored him and his family... Well, that's unthinkable. It it just doesn't happen in an honor-shame culture like the Roman Empire. So in asking these two men to reconcile, uh, Paul's taking a big risk. It's a high-stakes situation. It could go very wrong. Um, The punishment for being a runaway slave in the Roman Empire is crucifixion. This could end in Omnismus' death. Uh, And what's more... um, Philemon is the head of this little church in the pagan city of Colossae that's just starting to take root and flourish. And if this goes wrong, well, it could split the church or it could even destroy it. And that's the last thing that Paul wants. Nevertheless, even though he has the right to do so, and even though the stakes are high, In this little letter, Paul doesn't pull rank. Uh, He doesn't make his request to Philemon on the basis of power. Instead, he lets the love of Christ refresh his authority, and he does that in two ways. Uh, He makes his appeal on the basis of love, and second, he himself sets a self-giving example. Uh, So first, Paul's Refreshed Christian authority appeals to love, not power. As Paul wrote to Philemon in verse 8, he says, Although I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, i.e. to set your slave free and to reconcile with him, verse 9, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you. Paul's motivation here, it's not just pragmatic. He's he's not just a manager managing a conflict. Uh, He's not just wanting to see outcomes. He's motivated by love. 
Uh, he cares about these two men, Omnisimus and Philemon. Uh, he wants them to grow in love for each other. He wants them to grow in love for the church. And so as he writes in verse 14, he says, I preferred to do nothing without your consent, Philemon, in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but of your own accord. So he, he wants them to reconcile out of love, not out of duty, not out of respect, not because he made them. He wants them to love each other. There, there is a real exercise of authority here. This, this is St. Paul. You know, he's an apostle of the church, commissioned by Jesus himself, uh, talking to churches under his authority. But his appeal is based on love, not on the raw use of power. And so too, for us as followers of Jesus in the church, our use of authority and our response to authority should be marked by love. Uh, all of us in the church, all of us in our different spheres in society, uh, we have different roles to play and different types of leadership to exercise. Uh, but when we exercise authority, you know, whether that's in formal leadership roles or you know, in our, our, our work in teams or in volunteer roles or in our, in our marriages or in our jobs uh, or in our families and our friendships, let's strive to lead in a way that loves those whom we lead and, and promotes the fellowship that we all share in Jesus Christ. And when others are leading us uh, in our various spheres and roles and hats that we wear, and especially in the church, let's also love our leaders. Proper Christian authority exercised in love that has the, the interests of the other at heart I mean, it's such a joy to be under leaders like that, isn't it? Um, but leading in love is a difficult and demanding role. Uh, it's a hard job because authority that's exercised in love, it's very easy to ignore or, or to block or to belittle. And it's much easier to do those things than you know, authority based on power. Uh, the, the letter to the Hebrews has some really good advice to us. In, in chapter th uh, 13, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as ones who must give an account. Uh, obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden because that would be of no advantage to you. And so let's love our leaders in our Christian fellowship so their work will be a joy. But that brings us to the second mark of refreshed Christian leadership. And that is that Christian authority leads by example. In this letter, Paul is asking Omnisimus and Philemon to do difficult things. I mean, can you just imagine the conversation between Paul and Omnisimus uh, when he handed in this letter and how, how poor Omnisimus must have felt you know, during the conversation when Paul said to him, all right, I want you to go back to Philemon, back to the, your former master from who you stole money from and reconcile. You know, go back, Omnisimus, trust in God. <laughs> you and Philemon are now brothers in Christ. All will be well. It, it's going to be okay. Do it. 
And you know, you can, you can imagine Omnisimus, the runaway slave, thinking, well, I hear what you're saying, Paul, but you're not the one who's the runaway slave. You're not the one who's facing crucifixion. But I doubt very much he would have said that. I mean, how could he have said that when he looked in the face of Paul, you know, eye to eye, and, and, said, and said that? I mean, imagine what Omnisimus would have seen when he looked at Paul. He would have seen an old man, maybe underweight and underfed, covered in scars, uh, who walks with a limp from his years of many beating, beatings, uh, who is currently, as they're talking, chained to a Roman soldier, languishing in a Roman jail, waiting for a trial where he himself faces the death penalty. In this particular imprisonment, we think that Paul got out and alive. But later on in life, he was imprisoned again. And the result of that imprisonment, for the same reason, was that he was beheaded. As Paul writes in verse verse 9, he says, I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Jesus Christ, I appeal to you, Philemon, for my child Omnisimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Uh, Paul Paul writes this letter from jail. And and why is he in jail? He's in jail because he's told other people about the refreshing love of Jesus Christ. And this imprisonment is not the first time he's been imprisoned. It's not the first time that he's had to suffer and give up his rights for the benefit of the church and for the benefit of the, the message of Jesus. But, but look at what authority Paul has because of his chains. His chains add to his authority. And when he writes to Philemon, uh, Paul knows very well that he's asking Philemon to do a difficult thing. He's asking Philemon to, to lay down his rights as an elite and powerful man and citizen of the Roman Empire. And he's asking Philemon to suffer He's asking Philemon to suffer socially. He's asking Philemon to suffer economically. And he's asking him to do it for the good of his runaway slave, now brother, Omnisimus, who has wronged him. And he's asking him to do it for the good of the church and the good of the gospel. Uh, But Paul, he, he doesn't ask Philemon to do anything that he hasn't done himself or anything that he himself hasn't suffered. In fact, uh, Paul was willing to bear even more personal cost so that these two men would reconcile and that the the church would grow and flourish. Uh, He's in an ancient prison. In in an ancient prison, there is no meal service. Uh, There's no laundry service. Uh, There's no mail service. Uh, If you don't have friends looking after you in an ancient prison, you suffer and you may even die. And as Paul writes to Philemon in verse 13, he says, I would have been glad to keep Omnisimus with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment. But in order to see the reconciliation that the church needs, Paul's willing to part with a useful helper. And more so, he's willing to part with a friend 
who's looking after him in prison. And so he writes this letter and sends Omnisimus home. As a leader in the church, I think Paul would have been entitled to hold on to his friend Philemon, who was helping him during his imprisonment. But instead, he sets an example of laying down his own rights and his own preferences for the good of the church, and also as a leader to show others how they should act as well. Does Paul's use of authority remind you of anyone? He, of course, (laughs) reminds us of the Lord Jesus himself. Uh, Jesus entered himself of his rights, even though he was God. And he chose the interests of the ones that he loved over his own interests. And he ultimately did that on the cross where he died in our place for our sins. And as Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, in our gospel reading this morning, he said, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you, i.e. your leader, must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. When we're asking others to do things, especially when we're asking others to do things in the church, a good question is, am I willing to do myself what I'm asking others or expecting others to do themselves? That's what self-giving leadership is. And when we see self-giving leadership um, in society, but especially, again, in the church, let's rally to it, because servant Leadership is easy to ignore or take for granted. It's easy to take advantage of. But to borrow from Paul's phrase at the heart of this little letter, this sort of self-giving, loving, servant leadership, it's, it's the kind of leadership that refreshes the heart, that makes the world better, that makes Christian fellowship to be so sweet a part of. So finally... How does the story end? Was Paul's use of his refreshed Christian authority successful? Did it bring reconciliation between Philemon and Omnisimus? Well, frustratingly, we don't know. (laughs) But as we've talked about in previous weeks, we can be pretty hopeful because Philemon could have very very easily taken this letter and screwed it up and thrown it out and then re-imprisoned his slave, and we'd never would know, we would never have known about it. But we have the letter in our Bibles. And so I think that means, yes, Philemon did respond to Paul's appeal based on love. And he did follow the example of Paul's sacrificial leadership. And he chose of his own free will to reconcile with Omnisimus and receive him as a full brother in the church. And may we also allow the love of Christ to refresh our authority and our leadership. Friends, may we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of sharing in the fellowship of your church. For your glory, may our fellowship in Jesus Christ be rich and powerful and transform us 
and our relationships with one another. We thank you for the gift of the loving and sacrificial leadership that is displayed in Jesus and in your church. Help us to use and respond to authority in the church in a way that honors and pleases you. And like our Lord Jesus, may our use of authority be marked by love and self-sacrifice. We pray in his glorious name. Amen. Amen.